Welcome to episode seven of the Zooch and Wild podcast. Zooch, how are you doing today? I mean, I'm sure you're good. feeling just quite dandy after this weekend. Uh, it was like mixed feelings. Mixed feelings oh. from going in from the Boise State game to the Ole Miss game. But I am happy. Ole Miss is in a better position to do more than Boise State, so I can't be too mad. Well, we're going to get – but... <laughs> well, we're going to get into all of that. It's a beautiful day here in the Bay Area. It was about uh, – I was in the city today, and it was about 80 to, I think, 85 degrees. It's a little-known fact for a few people not from the Bay Area. In San Francisco, the San Francisco summer is September and October. Just a little Diego fun fact for you. So the warmest weather is then. I know Sean's sitting here. I know some other fellas, all the Bay Area fellas know it's the best time to visit the city. But let's not talk about the city because we had an awesome weekend of college football. So, Zooch, I'm going to start it off, man. All aboard the Lane Train. I am so happy Lane Kiffin finally got the monkey off of his back and beat a coach that I don't have a lot of good things to say about in Brian Kelly. This is the game where the NFL elitists, people tell me all the time, oh, man, I can't watch college football. It's so much worse than the NFL. This is the game that proves them wrong, in my opinion. This was so exciting, so much fun to watch. This was everything that makes college football great right here. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, sports are entertainment, right? And if you didn't find that game entertaining, I just find it hard to believe that you like football as a whole. You had... Huge crowd, not an empty seat in the stadium. You had two top 15 teams, or maybe it was top, maybe Ole Miss was a little below 15, but two top 20 teams. You had two teams who needed to win a game to basically save their aspirations for a great season in a lot of ways. You had great quarterback play. You had great plays not, throughout the game. I mean, I don't know what Jackson else you fart. I see your, ask for. I see like, your maybe banner. Maybe it was a little too high. I'm going to show the people. Yeah, I guess a fantastic. I honestly think <laughs> he's he. I think the one of the biggest plays of that that game was that last play of the third quarter where he took it like it was like mm-hmm. second and fifteen, and he ran like thirty-ish yards down the field, hurdled the mm-hmm. guy. That I mean, it was at that point that as old like he had to have known in his head. All right, we're re- not really getting any stops. Granted, Old Miss did get a couple in the fourth quarter. But for a second there, I thought it was going to go exactly like that Notre Dame game went because yeah, when they dropped that interception, it literally looked like the exact same play as the week before. And it was, but it was just the most Ole Miss way to win ever. Like you come back, you take the lead, and I'm not going to blame like them being up six. They had to go for two earlier, so that's why they were up six. Like it made sense. Mm-hmm. But you had the dropped interception, and like the next play, you had the horse collar. It's like oh my. Like, you were just like, come on, like, just can you just win this and this, not make it like gut wrenching? It, it was it was a good game. I mean, I mean, that's I, I I think Lane Kiffin would have taken a win in this scenario any any which way. Oh, yeah. I think it's really awesome that Jackson Dart showed up and not Jackson Fart, um, because this is the Jackson Dart that I I've, I've been saying it for weeks now. It's just he's good, but mm, come on, give me show me that next step to become an elite quarterback, not just a good college quarterback. And this is the game. I'm not saying he's elite, but this was an elite performance. And on yeah, the and LSU, 
go go ahead. And it looked more. It seemed like they came out and weren't as nervous. I guess I hate using that word, but they seemed more like free flowing and like what they were calling on offense. Like you know they were getting guys open. They were using their RPOs. And last week against Alabama, it almost seemed like they were afraid to make a mistake in a lot of ways. Like, oh, we can't turn it over because, you know, if you turn it over against Alabama, you're going to lose. And granted, I don't know how good – I mean, LSU's defense, I think, is better than that's allowing what, 55 That's what I was going to say. Their defense but... did not look like an LSU defense in that game. It, it seems like they had a mental lapse. Like, it, it seems like they just didn't wake up or I don't know if did. If, if they thought they were just going to coast through Ole Miss, I would hope not. I mean, they were Ole Miss is a ranked SEC team. I hope they didn't think they were going to coast through. I mean, if, if I'm an LSU fan, I'm just hoping that Lane Kiffin called the game of his life. Jackson Dart played the game of his life, and we just got to eat that one. If that's not the case, then this is really how the LSU defense is. Because they kind of got shredded a little bit against FSU. LSU yeah. fans might have to come to the terms with the fact that, eh, maybe we're an average team this year. I mean, they have a big game this next week that we'll kind of touch on later, but LSU is kind of in that middle ground, kind of like leeway world of are we great, are we bad, we don't know what we are. All we know is that Brian Kelly is throwing a huge tantrum. Yeah, it was not – I thought it would be, you know, if Ole Miss won, that they would win like 31-27, something like that, but – for that first half, the first quarter and the fourth quarter, LSU could not stop them from doing anything. Even that last drive Ole Miss got, it was really kind of confusing what LSU was doing on defense because Quinchon Juggins finally had an excellent oh, game. Yeah, you finally Ulysses showed up. Bentley was playing really well. And they, it's like they weren't putting anybody in the box. And I'm just yeah. like, you know, there's not 45 seconds on the clock. There's a couple of minutes. That's plenty of time to mm-hmm. run, basically run a normal, like with two minutes in college and a couple timeouts, you can run basically your normal offense for at least a good portion of that. Yeah. Like, you know, you probably don't want to. Especially wanna... because that's when the old clock rule reverts back and, you know, they don't have to burn timeouts. Clock stops when they move the chains. Right. So it was. I mean, it was a huge game for the SEC because now, granted, LSU still only has the one SEC loss. Ole Miss has one uh-huh. SEC loss. A&M and Alabama, one of them is going to have a loss after this. Uh-huh. But it really sets up Ole Miss in a good position because they, they still have Georgia, granted. But uh-huh. before Georgia, they have A&M, uh, Arkansas. They have Arkansas this week. They have A&M, Vanderbilt. Arkansas. Yeah, they should be there, and I can't. They have one more SEC game, and I cannot think off the top of my head who it is. But they have a pretty favorable schedule going into that Georgia game. So realistically, if you're them, I mean, yeah, you need Alabama to lose once at least. But mm-hmm. I mean, if, even if Alabama loses, and you know, A and M has one loss, Alabama has one loss. However, it works out. All those teams still have already have their one loss and they still are you know Ole Miss got through that grind part of it like Alabama mm-hmm. LSU back to back they still have Georgia they would still probably have to win that game yeah but if they can get there and I mean Georgia doesn't look I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to win but Georgia doesn't look unbeatable by any stretch of the imag- imagination you know 
they've played the SEC teams they played aren't specifically known for being yeah great offenses. And they have Kentucky this week who looked pretty good. Granted, I Florida, yeah. who knows with them how good yeah. they actually are. But it's gonna the SEC West is gonna be very Yeah. And I honestly could see a two loss team going from the West to the SEC championship just because I think those teams might mm-hmm. Beat up on each other a lot. Like A and M still has Alabama and LSU. Alabama still has LSU, Auburn, A and M, Tennessee. Like there's a lot of. There's no give me games. Basically, so like this is beginning of October is when you really start seeing how that conference is going to shake out. And this is the first time in a while that I think that the West looks like it could be somebody other than Alabama or LSU. You know, while, now that we're on the topic, we're going to continue this SEC going. Georgia, as you mentioned, had a little bit of a scare. And I know it's been touched on by so many other podcasts. I don't want to beat a dead horse or a dead or a dead Ugga as the dog fans don't bark at me, you freaks. But I, I don't – is Georgia the best team in the country? I mean, I don't – it because I don't know if they are. I mean, because then you go, what, Michigan? But then Michigan hasn't really played anyone. Do you go a team like Washington, who's beat up on everyone, but they haven't really played anyone? See, that's where I'm at. Ohio State, who's played a lot of people close, but they have that big signature win. Or do you go Texas? I honestly would probably still put Georgia up there because I don't – yeah, their non-conference wasn't that hard, but – and Auburn, we'll see. Like, you know, they've – their offense doesn't look great. They're still trying to repackage that whole travesty that Brian Harson left down there. Hey, 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 Hugh Freeze will have those boys humming. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, he's he's feeling they're... himself. He's feeling he's starting he's starting to feel himself again. Yeah, and I think he'll do a pretty good job at Auburn. But it's hard for me to say that Georgia isn't the best team when they haven't lost and we're getting close to two years since. They, the last time they lost was that SEC title SEC game. SEC championship in 2021. 2021, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. So, you know, I get the Michigans and the Texas and Ohio State and Washington. But I like, I mean, you know, Washington, yeah, their schedule looked like it was going to be kind of hard on paper with Boise State, usually a decent team. Michigan State normally is pretty good, but. Michigan State is just terrible right now. They're pretty Boise bad. Boise State isn't much better. Tulsa, I don't even know what their record is, but I imagine not good. And they were close with Arizona State, which, you know, Arizona State is kind of one of those teams that I feel like goes 8-5 and five every year and upsets one of the... I don't I don't think they're going to be going 8-5 and five this year. It, it might be trouble down in Tempe. They... They are not looking the best. They got a good young quarterback, Jane Rashada. He's good. I mean, if, if I were to put... I think it's either for me right now, Georgia or Texas. Georgia argument is you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're the number one team. They haven't lost. Yes, it's been close, but I feel like they haven't had a fluke win. They've just had close wins. Or Texas. Texas doesn't have a fluke win, but they also have the best win minus Ohio State beating Notre Dame out of any of the top teams than beating Alabama in Tuscaloosa, you just wonder, will Texas pull a Texas? 
Yeah, and I mean, we're going to learn a lot about Texas Saturday. You know, that's... We will. And then we're going to touch on that. We are going to touch on that Red River rivalry. Um, Speaking of rivalry, I think Alex Grinch has a rivalry uh, between him and making good calls. Because it seems like every week it's this... it, It is insanity if you're a USC fan. It is it's Groundhog Day over and over and over again. It's you Caleb Williams playing phenomenal. You should beat Colorado by five touchdowns, and Alex Grinch's defense continues to let teams back into games. Yeah, and I just don't get, you know, I guess maybe Lincoln Riley has this, but it, it's weird to me because he just randomly left Oklahoma, so I don't think he's, like, loyal to a fault. You know, he doesn't strike me as this like the most loyal guy in the world. Maybe he is, and that's why he's kept Alex Grinch around. But Caleb Williams is—he's going to be two straight years of having, by far, in my opinion, the best football player in the country. Like, I don't—I know there's a lot of people up for the Heisman right now. It's early in the season, but it's—it's it's his award to lose right now. It yeah, really it's his is. award to he's lose, and so you're. Good. You just keep, like you said, running it back. And it's like, you're USC. You have all the resources in the world, all the money in the world. What is, like, I don't understand what's keeping him around unless they, like, it's, I would almost understand if this was like a, it was bad last year and this year was starting to look rough. But no, it's, it's the same thing every year with these teams, Lincoln Riley. Yes. Yeah. Same thing like, every you know, single year. You they eventually run into someone who has a good enough defense to make two or three stops when they need to, and that's when Oklahoma and now USC would lose. You know, they he was the defensive coordinator when they lost to Georgia with Baker Mayfield, right? Yeah, Baker played like the best game of his life, and they scored 50 plus. They lost in overtime. I remember watching that game, it was I was flabbergasted that an offense I that. They just looked so much like seeing the the Georgia defense and seeing the Oklahoma defense in that game. It was almost like even though Georgia was giving up points, it wasn't. It was like Georgia wasn't playing bad. It was like oh, Oklahoma's making all the plays. When you saw Georgia score, it's like man, the Oklahoma defense like stinks. Like they're just not making plays. And on the Colorado side, I think the hype has finally died down a little bit, which I think Dion can use as a positive. I, I think. He can kind of be like, you know what? Yeah, we lost to two teams that right now are better than us. Right. Right now. But what we also have at Colorado is we got a lot of teams in the Pac-12 who are very average. Colorado has proven when they're playing their best, they are far from average. They are oh, a yeah. good team. So they can go on a little run here. I think if you're Dion, you got to focus up your guys and you got to go, hey, we got Arizona's of the world. We got, I think they have Stanford probably on there. I don't know if they have to think Arizona States like those are the games that Colorado can win and then you sneak in another upset or two UCLA maybe an Oregon State you're bowl eligible and that's I, I like I said this whole year that's the goal for Colorado it should not be all this hype that got blown out of proportion it should be hey let's make a bowl let's prove to ourselves that we can go play in the postseason and let's build this program yeah no he is I think he's gonna be fine there I'm not that he thought that he was going to lose those two games. I don't think that's in his mindset, like, oh, we're definitely going to lose. But I think he's perfectly comfortable with where they are 
mm-hmm. right now. You know, they're still getting great recruits visiting there. Hack House on TV every week. You know, they win a couple more, they'll still be on TV. They might not be, you know, the big new kickoff or primetime ABC, but they're still going to be on TV more than they have been in mm-hmm. years. So, you know, it takes there's steps you have to take, and he is. Most people probably didn't expect him to start three and zero. So, if you told most people Colorado is going to be three and two going into October, I think they'd be. I think they, they would. Take it. Yeah, take it. So, they they take it too. Yeah, the last game of the uh, nationally well-known games we're going to talk about is Notre Dame. Sam Hartman. I mean, say what you will. He went in to Raleigh. That's where – no, is, is it Durham where Duke is or is it Raleigh? Yeah, Raleigh-Durham is what they call it. Raleigh-Durham went in there, and he got a win. And that final drive, I was watching at a bar. I was watching with a friend, and I was starstruck the whole time. I was going, man, this this is this the Marcus Freeman of old. He kind of poops away a game. You know, it's just this stuff doesn't seem to fall his way. And Sam Hartman went, I'm going to put the team on my back and get this. Yeah, I mean, he that what was it, fourth and 16 that he got fourth that 16, first down? He run. Ran no, the ball. I, I mean, know he, NFL scouts were just salivating over that play because if you see, his eyes are downfield the whole way. And then at the very last minute, he goes, now I'm running. And I just yeah. know there's some, like, 65-year-old who works for, like, the Bengals who's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe about the Bengals because they have Joe Burrow. Like maybe a sixty-five-year-old uh, who like works for like the Rams, probably. Yeah. And this is like, oh, Stafford. This guy can replace Stafford. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a must-win for Notre Dame, and I'll give. I don't know that they would have done that in the years past with like Tyler Buckner, but that's Texas why they Buckner. went out and got you know Sam Hartman is to win make like those that. kind of plays and get them over that hump that they've struggled with here recently which is losing games like that you know the yeah teams they probably should beat so they're still alive in the playoff hunt still they, alive. They, exactly that's they're still alive in the playoff hunt that's what i was just gonna say i mean that clemson game is not as big as it could have been but they, they still got usc on the schedule they still got a couple big games on the schedule and quickly touching on the duke side is it fair to say i was a little unimpressed by riley leonard in this game is that a fair assessment so, I mean, they only scored, which granted Notre Dame's defense I think is pretty good, but only scoring what fourteen points at home, like you I don't care how good a defense is, you're you're expected to score more than four fourteen points isn't gonna win you many games, no matter who you're playing. Like I can't no, not this isn't two thousand and three anymore where you can grind <laughs> it out and win. This also isn't the big 13. ten West. Yeah, exactly. So I felt bad for him at the end when he got hurt, but yeah, that is a bummer. That is a bummer. That's a that was a tough loss, you know. Duke, they have it rough. Yeah. Uh, uh, they have every time I think they have it rough, I just remember. Report. Yeah, I just remember that the same people who are in Cameron Indoor are the same ones who are in that stadium. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna get to a topic that me and you have put off for a couple of weeks because we want to try to cover all the stuff of college football and, you know, don't want to bore people with our own super radical opinions or whatever, but we need to address Boise state. 
Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Where do I start? Um, I mean, I'll just keep it this, because I want to be as respectful as possible, because I really do think there are good people in that program, like a good person. I want to preface this by saying good people sometimes mess up, and they can have a chance to respond to be better from that. I'm starting to see a lot of similarities between Scott Frost and Andy Avalos. It's scaring me a little bit. Yeah, we're at the point. These legendary coaches, supposed to get this like new energy in the building, and I'm just seeing something like just something's missing. Like and like he just seems like an amazing human, great for the community. He seems like the players love him, but it's I, I said Groundhog Day earlier. These games are like Groundhog Day. He blows a 21 point lead versus UCF. He loses. He's lost six games at home since he's been the coach. He blew a 17 to nothing game this week. And now he's created him and Bush Hamden, who I'm still iffy on too. I not that the whole, I don't know whose call it is pulling the QBs. At at some point you just got to ride. How I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words with the hype and the hope I had going into the season. A lot of Boise fans did. And it's now like, holy crap, are we going to make a bowl? Like, honestly, that's what I'm feeling. It's like, I don't, I'm, I'm looking at some of these teams in the Mountain West going, we're not better than Fresno. Air Force is a terrible matchup for us. Wyoming seems like they can match us up for the first time in years. So I preface all my BSUS stuff by saying, I hope I'm proven wrong. I'm so hope I'm proven wrong. But if it goes down the way I think it's going to go, there's going to be some tough conversations this offseason that I don't think some members of our fan base want to have either because some people like to play Mr. Positive and think everything's fine when it's okay to say everything's not fine. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point I'm at is, you know, I was very excited when he got hired. He, I, he's a nice guy. I've spent time with him. He's a nice guy. He has spent 15 of the last 20 years of his life, you know, basically the majority of his adult life has revolved around BS Boise State as a player, assistant coach, and now head coach. That being said, that's great and all, but it's a results business. And not only has he not been getting the results, but we're at a point in time with college football where as positive as people want to be, nobody looks at Boise State is a – I just don't believe most people look at Boise State as a threat anymore. I mean, you go into Washington you get killed. The excuse there is Washington's a really good football team. Okay, fine. Washington might be a really good football team, but should they be 40 points better than a program that can wants to be accepted into the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or – whatever conference when they were when all that was going on and not only that but this is the thir- second or third time that there has been some type of not travesty but some like this quarterback situation now that he created that our fans get can get as mad at our local media people as they want to i i also nobody that, was even that, talking that about that I Max Madsen. people getting mad at the local media get a life like these people cover like they're they don't have a vendetta they are covering a team that otherwise would not get coverage i look at some other group of five programs 
They don't get the coverage that Boise gets. Boise gets, to some yeah. degree, a Power Five level of media coverage that I, I think most fans are like are aware of and grateful for. But some fans, I really do think, take for granted because there's a lot of they do teams in this conference. There's a team that Boise is going to be playing this week in San Jose State that wishes they had the media coverage and the passion and the fan experiences and the players that Boise has. San Jose State wishes they had that. And I'm, I hope Andy can turn it around. I think he has the players to do so. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say on it, <clears throat> furthering that point is, you know, I don't even know if he meant to create a quarterback controversy, but when you have a guy who last year came in, replaced Hank Bachmeyer, you know, I said coming into the year, like, I think people might be overhyping him a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes quarterbacks don't pan out the way you think they're going to. They start out hot and teams start to figure them out, which I think has happened to a degree with Taylor Green. Mm-hmm. I think he struggles throwing the ball, and I think the stats back that up. When you're completing 50% of your passes, it's going to be hard to throw the ball no matter who your receivers are. But that being said, when you bench him, that's going to cause ramifications on the team. It's not like the offense has been scoring 14 points a game. You know, I think the offense could be a lot better. And I think at times it has looked better under Maddox Madsen. Granted, I think that a little bit of that is teams not prepping for him, kind of like it was with Halen Green last year when he first came in. Teams weren't, they didn't have film on him. There was, you know, you have to figure out your defense, how to stop a guy who can, who's mm-hmm. relatively quick. But I mean, last year you had the whole thing with the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. This year you have this now. And I'm not even confident that they're going to beat San Jose State. Like, I think that that kind of stuff eventually wears. And I, not, not that I don't think the players love him, but that kind of stuff eventually wears on a team. Like, you're not really winning. Like, realistically, yeah, you could say they could be four and one, they could also be one and four. You know, there's a couple of plays in that San Diego State game that don't go that their way. And if you're one and four, I think those serious conversations are already being had. If you go out and lose this game, which they should win, I mean, San Jose State is not good. Every good team they've played, they've lost by three or four scores. But eventually rent is due, I guess is what I'm going to end with. And yeah. I don't know that he'll get fired this year. I don't want him to get fired. I want him to turn it around. But if you're going into year four and you're averaging five losses a year, no matter how much I like like the person, that's just not that's not good enough. Like I, there's a level of respect the program should have, and I don't think they have that right now. So. We'll see, you know, stranger things has happened. They, mm-hmm. they turned it around a little bit last year, but I think this is a little bit, I think this is a little bit different this year with, you know, he's a little bit more feisty with the media now, which they're asking him fair questions. Like you can't come out and say, we're going to do, we're going to call the game to what we think best suits our team and have mm-hmm. a guy like Ashton Genty and not run it on fourth and one. Yeah, I don't think he thought the block- kick was going to get blocked and returned for a touchdown, but that's one mm-hmm. play 
in a game that you were up 17 to nothing and allowed the next 28 points to occur. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, well, glad we got that off our chest. We will retouch that, uh, this subject in a couple of weeks, because as people listening, we just went on for about 10 minutes and I don't, that was more of a therapy session for me and Zooch <laughs> than anything. So thank you for listening. There um, will be more needed therapy if we lose to San Jose state. Yeah. San Jose state. I'm not even thinking about that. Cause I have, I have faith that we can be San Jose state. Uh, last thing I want to say is I was right about Texas killing Kansas. So I was right again. Um, but let's get into next week because we have another fantastic Big 12 matchup. It's the game of the week. It is the Red River rivalry, as you guys can see in my thing, the little banner right here. I don't think the Sooners are going to do it. I think Texas is going to win this game. Zooch, what do you think? I'm leaning towards Texas, too. I think Oklahoma has padded their stats a little bit by making Bush Jones fall to a knee on the sideline <laughs> yeah, and yeah. still, still the one... best that is still the best part about this whole season and it happened week one <laughs> butch jones on the knee they played someone else too that they it is absolutely i mean yeah they killed iowa state last year but iowa state looks horrible talking about people who should have left when they were on top oh. that coach i can't even think of his name matt but... campbell did you see him trying to fight yeah, the fan man. after a, a, a few weeks ago? He tried to fight the fan after the Ohio game. Things are bad for the Cyclones right Cyclones. now. But I think I think Texas is going to win it too. They seem, you know, getting over that Alabama hump, even that Kansas game, like that was usually like a game that for some reason Texas would like struggle to win and they just did not. They flattened them so i'm going texas mm -hmm. too i know we have the resident sooner fan who yes has a few that's what i was gonna it. that's what i was gonna get to the zucci and i both obviously chose texas but we felt like it was unfair to only tell one side of the story so we will be bringing in resident sooner fan uh cody Voison, who has a message for sooner nation up there so cody take it away Oh, we do want to say okay. Well, first we're gonna watch the video first, Cody. We're gonna we're gonna watch the video, and uh, Cody, we're gonna see your pre-recorded pre message right here. Rivalry, Texas versus my Sooners. And let me give you a little uh, little backstory. Last ten years, Oklahoma's got it done against uh, against the Texas in this rivalry. Last year we got stomped, forty-nine to nothing. Unbelievable, embarrassing. I think we bring. A lot of high-powered offense to the game this week. We're 5-0. We just beat a very shitty Iowa State team, 2-3. and three. Dylan Gabriel played pretty damn good. I think he went 26 for 39, 365 yards throwing, and he had three touchdowns. So I think our offense is good. Our defense always scares me, like usual. I think it's one of those things where it's just like we have a high-powered offense, and then we have a defense that's just kind of, you know, not really there. You know, we've let a lot of teams come in and beat us. In a lot of big games in the last few years, um, and you know, in you know the past, um, you know, ten years ago, because of our defense, um, I think you know we need to come out, fire on all cylinders, establish the run, and kick their ass. Um, Texas has Quinn Ayers, my quarterback. That guy's slinging the rock. They beat Alabama this year at Alabama. It's a huge job for them. They're looking on the up and up, um, and they stomped us last year, like I said before. Um, I think our, our defense 
needs to step it up, and uh, we need to really limit that offensive attack from uh, Texas. Um, we have a middle linebacker, um, I forgot his name, pretty big kid, 6'4", 241 pounds, he, he's got 21 tackles on the uh, on the, uh, on the stat sheet so far this year and two interceptions. So I think, you know, if he comes out and he plugs that gap, man, I'm hoping we can establish that, uh, that run defense quick. Um, like I said, dude, Horn's always down, Boomer Sooner, Zooch and Diego, this is like a varsity blues moment where all the boys are hung over in that huddle and that ACDC thunderstruck comes on. That's what I imagine. Just two guy, two teams just going at it and getting physical and fucking each other up. Big hits all the way around. Oklahoma needs to come out. Like I said, fire on all cylinders and get it fucking done. Can't have another embarrassment like last year. Fuck no. Fuck no. Fuck Texas. Horns fucking down. Let's fucking go. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, Cody, you know, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add on top of that real quick? That was that was great. That was, I think, the passion that Sooner Nation needed. I do you know have one question for you, Cody. Yes. This is the Varsity Blues moment, and halftime Dylan Gabriel is limping off the field. Are you okay with Brent Venables going Bud Kilmer and sticking his knee with a needle Gordal. to keep him in the game? Hey, whatever's necessary. Come on. Come on, Cody. What about the healthier players? I'm just kidding. Hey, when Billy Bob was sitting there, he's just like, if you stick that needle in anywhere near Wendell's leg, I swear to God, I'll rip your arms off your fucking body and beat you to death with them. <laughs> and then he just, you know, Billy Bob was fucking serious. All right. But, um, and then, Cody. Oh, yeah. Go go ahead, Cody. Oh, yeah, boys. I mean, it's simple as this. You know, um, Oklahoma's getting a little bit too much hype right now. We're 5-0, and we beat every single team we played is dog shit. I don't want to hear I, – I, Iowa State sucks. They suck. They had, a, uh, they had a fucking matchup with Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State just lost by 40 to fucking South Alabama. Now, that's that's an embarrassment in itself. The Big 12 is the shittiest it's looked in fucking years. The only thing keeping it together is that hype that fucking Texas got because they beat fucking Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Oklahoma, yeah, sure, we beat Iowa Iowa State by uh, – by 30 and our, our team played well. But this is the first test, fellas. This is the this is the first test. It could be it could be a fucking slaughter. It could be an absolute 1800s old-fashioned Frenchmen slaughtering their pigs for money. It it, it could be a, an embarrassment to to Sooner Nation, but I'm trying to be optimistic here. I think our defense, you know, like usual is always shaky. You know, you're going against Texas. You know, those guys like to swing, sling the rock, but they also like to run the football, which scares me as well. Um, All right, Cody, I, Cody, how about, you know, how about I ask you this? Um, number one, um, Zuch and I were talking. You said Oklahoma looks really good. How much of that you think was just the Pat statting and breaking down mentally of Butch Jones week one, making him put to a knee? First of all, I think Oklahoma should be put in jail for what they did to Butch Jones. What they did to Butch Jones was inhumane, wrong. You almost killed him. For, Maybe and that's illegal. part of the reason. That that's part of the reason why I'm picking Texas because I'm backing my dog Butch. And the, the what 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 the Sooners did to Butch Jones is unacceptable in, in my book. And I also think Quinn Ewers is going to have another great game. But what you we guys did to Butch Jones unacceptable. That was mean. What? Mean, uh, you know, Butch Jones. It, it, you know what's the shitty part is, is that he's looking at that game losing seventy to nothing. He's like, my career's over. 
He's like, I, I play, I've coached at some pretty, some pretty, you know, pretty big schools. And now I'm here and I'm on a knee crying because I just lost to 70. The best part about that video is when the fucking player pat him on the back. I was just like, there's just nothing you can say. You guys are dog right. shit. But well, um, yeah, boys, I mean, like I said, dude, limiting that quarterback, it's it's putting pressure on him all fucking day long. Because they he sits back there with that fucking big-ass offense line, he's going to have a heyday. Like I said before, the worst part about Oklahoma every single year, and I'm sorry to dog on some positions, is the, is the secondary. It's the damn DBs and the safeties, dude. We get these small-ass dudes that can't cover shit, but our offense has always bailed us out. Look at Georgia, 56-48 game, dude. Georgia just couldn't stop our high-powered offense, but our fucking defense shit the bed on every every drive, and it went into double OT, and we know what happens. I mean, every year I've seen Oklahoma just give it up on right. the fucking on the defense, and you know it's about sticking it this time. You know, we just right. we just got to come out hard. You know, we'll see. Zuch, do you have any last questions for Cody before we? Move I don't on. think so. We appreciate your insight, and we appreciate you getting enough f bombs in here to for the podcast for the next six years. Yeah, you know, might have to cut some of those out, um, but you know, you will, we'll see what happens. Hey, it's man. passion. Like, it's passion. Like always, horns down, man. So, Boomer Sooner Nation, you know, we need we need you there. We need you to ride defense. Get it done. You know, I'm going to be yelling, "Stop the run!" all day. Get it done, fellas. Get it done. Awesome. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, resident Sooner fan. We'll be getting a statement from Cody uh, after the game, uh, win or lose. Uh, so that was a lot of Red River rivalry, but I think it's well warranted because this is one of the bigger ones uh, in years. Uh, I guess the rest of the week, it, it's a kind of a weird world of ranked matchups. I'm going to pull up the list of ranked matchups. They don't even yeah, feel you... like they should be ranked matchups. It's Kentucky versus Georgia. Kentucky. Kentucky's always like... Is it just me or is Kentucky always like 20 in the nation going into like mid-year and then they just lose like four games in a row? Kentucky, I would bet that has started 5-0 and the past ever since Mark Stoops got there and ends 8-5 and every single yep. year. And I think this is the start. Um, look, Kentucky, if you beat Georgia, we will talk about you a lot. But I think this is just going to be the start of, like like you said, their little SEC loss run. Um, Notre Dame versus Louisville. Louisville kind of out of nowhere. Plummer. Uh, Cal transfer. He got out of uh, football purgatory, which is uh, Berkeley at the moment. Um, Louisville looks pretty good, um, but I think Notre Dame kills him. I think so too. I think that's a like thirty-eight to ten loss for Louisville waiting to happen. All right, let's keep busting them out. Uh, LSU, Mizzou. Man, can can we find a sadder twenty-five matchup? Than this? Nope, nope. But I'm going to talk about a little bit about that one later. That is just uh, you have the Mizzou side who like probably thinks like Drinkowitz now. That guy, you know, we we think some people are soft. That guy, you know, you say that guy's like hair smells bad, and he's going to go off on you at SEC Media Day. He will. It's him versus Brian Kelly. No film crew is safe right now on the LSU side of the ball. Yeah, must win. I mean, if you're in the film crew, must win. Other than these ranked matchups, kind of like quickly touching on like it's just kind of conference play starting for a lot of people. A and M, Alabama, uh, USC is going to Arizona. Oregon State's playing Cal. You know, we're just getting into the real meat of the schedule right here. 
So, I mean, one of these games that we don't think is going to be a huge matchup that a top team plays is going to end up being really, really close. I, I remember that Ohio State Northwestern game from a few years ago. I feel like there's going to be like one of those this weekend. So I'll just have to be flipping the channel constantly to trying to figure out what that one game is. Yep, it's going to be one of those weekends where you just make sure you have the ESPN uploaded and you're watching that. You'll probably flip through because there's a million commercials now in college football and oh, you just got to find the right matchup. I am, you know, I give Chip Kelly a lot of, sometimes I give him too much crap, but I am with Chip Kelly on the, you got enough commercials in? We only had three <laughs> offensive positions. You got enough commercials in? I stand with Chip. I stand with Chip and I stand with Butch. Those are those are my guys right there. I'm sorry, but it, it it was really funny. Butch Jones falling to the knee. I can't stress how funny it was. Butch Jones falling to a knee and crying after he got beat by. He's still my guy, and it was still mean what Oklahoma did to him. But it, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's that's the moment of the year right now for me. It, it's I I don't I don't know how you could top it. it it's too good. Um. Speaking of too good, one of my favorite, this is, this is my favorite segment of the week. I look forward to it every single week. It is the meme matchup of the week. Zooch, I will start this one off this week. This week, my meme matchup was Jonathan Smith. Jonathan Smith. Boy, that's a tongue twister. Jonathan Smith versus cancel culture. Jonathan Smith, head coach of Oregon State, had to issue an apology this week. Because I don't know if you saw this, a certain signal he was making to milk the clock where he took his nipples and he twisted them. Now, it was great. Was it a little bit inappropriate? Yeah, maybe if you're nine years old. Um, but to me, it was funny. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was funny. I don't think he really, I think he's just doing this because it's not so much of like he thinks something bad's going to happen. It's more like, eh, let me just kind of cut my losses just in case. Um, and I think Jonathan Smith is kind of that guy, kind of stoic, you know, classic coach, almost like that uh, Coach Pete model, Coach Peterson model of kind of like, you know, a player's coach, but not like this rah-rah guy. So, yeah, the fact that he had to issue an apology in my mind is just ridiculous, but I'm not Jonathan Smith, and I don't run a great program like he's doing at Oregon State, so he must be doing something right. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I thought it was funny. I didn't <clears throat> see it live, but I do keep seeing the video, and keep laughing every time I see it just at like the visual of him doing like him doing that because I still can't figure out if that's just their hand signal for it or if he was doing it yeah to, like, it was it was funny. milking the clock it was milking the clock that that's why he did it it was like it's like his uh areolas were cow udders he was milking <laughs> the clock um yeah I I thought it was I thought it was great Jonathan Smith keep it up I really hope to see Oregon State in the New Year's Six Bowl this year um, I don't know if that's going to happen because they lost to Wazoo. Uh, Zooch, what is your uh, meme matchup of the weekend? Mine is, an, and it's an underrated matchup that is going to be on Fox, primetime Fox spot, spot, the Fresno State. Yep. Fighting in the stands, almost <laughs> killing Pee Wee football players. Bulldogs. Oh my goodness. We're we're gonna have to clip are are we allowed to clip that fight and post it to our Instagram? We'll do that Fresno State Week. Fresno State Week versus Boise, we will post that fight. That is one of the, if not the funniest things I've ever seen happen at a and it it probably doesn't sound as funny like us just talking about it, but if you no, see once it we and, post once we post it or show it, 
there's there's a peewee football team involved there's a guy in a redskins jersey involved there's a cop involved there's a guy who ends up getting slammed who has like nothing to do with it involved there's beer being thrown there's guys yell it is a fan phenomenal vid it is and it's i just love this matchup because it's not only that but you have Craig Bull and Jeff Tedford, two guys who I think would, in their minds, football in like 1987 was like the perfect model. Like <laughs> you, like if if they could make every person on their team wear the neck roll, yep, I think they would do it. And you have well, no, the I've... barrel guy at Wyoming. You have <laughs> it's the fact that it's probably going to be like 26 degrees already in Laramie, Wyoming. It's just a perfect. All around, it is a perfect game to watch. And Fresno State's ranked. They're the they're the top team in the group of five right now. With that two-lane loss, they kind of control their own destiny with um, uh, making a New Year's Six. If they went out, Fresno State, not the biggest program, but they're big enough that if they go undefeated and win the Mountain West, they're in a New Year's Six. Yeah, and even if they, you know, lose one at this point with everyone having a couple, I guess Memphis only has one loss. Tulane Memphis has one, got- but... I don't. I'm not high on week. Memphis. I mean, I'm they barely either. squaked by Boise. I don't. I mean, because they they're they're going to have Tulane on their schedule. Memphis, right? They play this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think they'll beat Tulane. So I think that's Memphis's second loss right there. But no, that's a great matchup. Uh, it's it'll 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 be fun. It'll be fun to see. You know, I haven't really seen a lot of Wyoming. I think the majority of my my Wyoming watching was that Texas Tech game. Where it was kind of, I was almost like blinded by like what was happening in front of me, more than like the actual like breaking down of what was playing, because it was this hype Texas Tech team, and no one thought Wyoming was going to win, and they kind of shocked the world. Wyoming's only loss has been to Texas, who I think is the best team in the country right now, and you got a ranked Fresno team. When's the last time, if ever, do you think more than just the Fresno metro area in the state of Wyoming was excited about this game? Ever in the history of <laughs> the sport, like I can't even think of a year that they were both like really good and played each other. Like Fresno is usually, especially under Tedford here recently, they've been pretty good most years. But Wyoming, they were good the one year under Josh, Josh Allen, excuse me. Uh, but other than that, they're like seven and six every year. So this is, I mean, the winner of that game has a really, really good shot too. Get oh, to yeah. that New Year's Six. Bowl. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into Wyoming later in our uh, next segment and last segment of the day. High low Buffalo. Um, high low Buffalo this week is teams in the rankings. So the high is obviously a team that we think is gonna move up after this week. Low is a team that's gonna drop, and Buffalo is a team. You know, who knows what's gonna happen? They could move up when they think they should drop. They should stay the same. Buffalo is the um. Uh, Call it the chef's choice pick of this week. Um, but for my high, it is the Wyoming Cowboys. I think Wyoming beats Fresno State in Laramie and bumps up and takes that 25 spot from Fresno State. That's your high. My high this week is actually going to be Texas. I think that they're going to come out, like you said, and prove that they're one of, if not the best teams in the nation. I just think that they have it all rolling right now. I think Oklahoma probably is a little bit overhyped. I could be drastically wrong, and Oklahoma could kill them for some reason. But yeah, that's my high for the or yeah my high for the week. 
One thing that we didn't touch on in the Texas Oklahoma game that if Oklahoma ends up losing like really really bad knee, what are the odds that they show the clip of the bandwagon tipping oh, over yeah. here? That's a guarantee. Will, <laughs> it will be Barstool tweet it, Sickos committee, Daily, Sickos committee. Everyone will have it. I, it I, I love that it's clip so much right now because the guy's still holding on. Uh, these are some we'll have to do just like a clip show at the end of the year where we just pull like all of our favorite videos of all time and just watch them run down. Uh, maybe, yeah, like a true, like boring react YouTuber will just react to all the funny, funny videos. But uh, my low team for the week is Mizzou. I think they lose to LSU. I, I know LSU isn't that great this year, but I think Mizzou is being propped up by the fact that they win SEC patch on their uh, chest. They have that win against K-State, I know, but I think LSU beats them this week. I think they beat them bad enough that they drop out of the top 25 and Mizzou kind of comes back to earth of like, oh man, maybe we're not a great team. Maybe we're just a good team. I'm saying, yeah, I'm, I agree with that. And I'm saying in the SEC with mine, I'm going Kentucky. I think it's going to be a, I was gonna one of those them. games that was, where that it's was like my second. seven to seven at the end of the first quarter and then 24 to seven at halftime and ends up being like 38 to 10. I just, this, this could be the game where Carson Beck somehow has like three play action passing touchdowns. Yeah. Brock Bowers will feast and that's, yeah, I so, agree. I think Brock Bowers is so good. I think Missouri and Can or Missouri and Kentucky are are the same team basically. They're gonna end up in the same spot. I think Missouri and Kentucky are the same team, except one of their coaches is an annoying weirdo and the other is Mark Stoops. So <laughs> kind of narrows down the the options there. Um and my Buffalo team, I keep harboring on them every week because I think I'm just like this is like, you ever play that game where uh, you, you you get a pint of beer and you get a bottle cap and you float it and you put drops of beer on that bottle cap and whoever sinks it loses? Yeah. That is like watching USC for me every single week. It's just someone adding another drop on that bottle cap and it's just drip, drip, and which drop is going to let it sink? And I'm not saying that the drop this week is going to sink the ship, but I think this is going to be one of those ones where it gets a little low. It's like, whoa. Because they're going into Arizona. It's a night game in Tucson. Arizona, when they want to get up for a game, they get up. They go crazy down there in Tucson. Uh, go, go Cats, bear down. Um, I, I think Arizona plays tough. And I think U, USC has one of these games again where it's like Arizona State. And they just don't put them away. And they just let them hang around. And it's Caleb Williams playing well. And a bunch of defensive players playing poorly yeah I, I can see it I don't with that defense it's just hard for me to say USC is I mean they still have like Washington on the schedule they Oregon I think USC hey, plays Oregon this year maybe they don't but yeah I just I agree with that and my team's kind of similar I'm going with Miami on mine like I don't necessarily know that they're going to lose to Georgia Tech but a Georgia Tech win isn't going to shoot them up in the rankings unless there's a few upsets. I think that until Miami gets to that FSU game, which is going to be make or break for their season, they're 
just kind of sitting there right now. They've been bad that's for so long seem like that such... they don't really get the... I just know that's going to be a drag for Hurricanes. It's, it's going to seem like every week is like pulling teeth because as much as you want to say, oh, it's week to week, it's week to week, everyone at Miami is just looking at, man, that potential undefeated matchup of FSU-Miami, which if happens, there's a reason that we use this logo right here. There's a reason that that's our logo. And yeah, I, I I agree with the sentiment that Miami might get lulled. You know, Georgia Tech plays tough. And they're not great, but they play yeah. tough. So yeah, Miami. Miami and USC, they, they seem to be one and the same sometimes. You know, it's kind of just kind of putter around the hype machines yeah. and they're good, but they never seem to get over the hump in modern history. Right. And yeah, it's a it's gonna be an interesting week because there are some of these like matchups that traditionally you think, oh, you know, Georgia's gonna kill Kentucky. USC should beat Arizona easily. I mean, other than that Red River Red River rivalry, it's a lot of like a little bit lower, I guess, not even rivalries, but like teams that play each other every year that usually one team comes out on top. This is like so. the weird trophy bowl. Like someone's gonna win like someone's gonna win all like bunny a, and axes on the line this week, yeah. I think. And that wasn't it's gonna Michigan be like and, the oh man, I'm gonna win like the bronze like shoe tongue like this week. Like, what the hell is that? And my my Tim Robinson, what the hell? That's <laughs> There's going to be some weird trophies won this weekend. But, as always, I'm going to watch them all. And it's yeah, going to be awesome. I live for it. We're about to be halfway through the season, which makes me oh, sad. Don't tell me that. Yeah, don't tell me that. Uh, well, it's it's been an awesome season so far. And, Zooch, anything else to add? I don't think so. Just watch the games. Tell us what you tell us when we're wrong. Acknowledge us when ha- we're right. Haven't been wrong. Ha- I haven't been wrong as of lately. I know that's going to get clipped when Texas gets the loses and I'm going to have to listen to Cody, our resident Sooner fan, scream in my ear about how I was wrong. So Steve Starkeesian, please, for my sanity, don't, don't let that happen. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, so please. we'll see. I'm excited for this weekend. I think that you have a chance for some upsets, but I'm not willing to go there because until teams like Kentucky <clears throat> start doing it, or there's, I mean, I don't think there's any chance in hell that the tie man, PJ Fleck, rose, he could have a Titanic and couldn't get a first down on Michigan with how he coaches offense. So we'll see. Yeah. Hey, you have to respond. Be legendary. That's a PJ Fleck quote. But um, uh, like PJ Fleck in probably three years, um, Later, everyone, uh, we are leaving. Uh, yeah, and we'll see you uh, next week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah thanks, everybody.